you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Brown in motion. Here's a first down snap out of the gun. Oh, he tosses it right into the arms of Lawrence Guy. You've got to be kidding me. David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. The 2019 Cleveland Browns, the face, the latest face of the curse of Sposta. Yes, high hopes over the summertime and prior to that for Baker and Freddie and everybody else. They were Super Bowl contenders, we were told. Now they are victims left at the side of the road on the way to Super Bowl whatever. What is it? Super Bowl 54? I can't keep that straight in my head. It's 54 right there, Spaghetti? Uh... I don't know. We don't have time to talk about it. We have an hour left in the trade deadline at the time of this recording. 54. Eddie Spaghetti, your team's already ahead of the curve. You got Leonard Williams. Congratulations, man. Uh... Well worth it. Well, I mean, that team now, look out. Next stop, the Stars. I mean, he's young. But uh, and and they're going to get a compensation pa- uh, pick back from the Landon Collins signing. So essentially, if he resigns, it's like a fourth yeah. But there's no evidence that guys should sign because they got traded for. Okay, then we just give up a fifth for eight games. Eh, I guess that makes sense. Anyway, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program presented as always by our pals over at Zaxby's home of the famous chicken fingers, wings and salads. Go get you some of those. We have much to kibitz about week eight in the books, week nine fast approaching and the trade deadline, like we say, is just about wrapped up some big names out there. And again, we have an hour to go. I don't know if it's wise that we're spinning right now or if we should have waited an hour, but I think it's more exciting if something big happens while we're on the air, um, then, uh, you know, I mean, I can't, this will be the most popular podcast in the history of people, I would guess, probably the most downloaded. Um, Seated to my immediate left to talk about uh, the trade deadline in the NFL. And he also is in my fantasy league and he has been for, I think about 15 years or so. Uh, People seem to care about this fantasy league. One sports guy, Bill Simmons, was, uh, was revealing some 
some embarrassing stuff about me on his show with uh, with the cousin Sal oh. apparently earlier in the week. But uh, it's time to make things right right now. Seated to my immediate left, Buffalo Bills fan, the one actual team from the state of New York. I think that's right, isn't it? It's uh, it's my old pal going way back to the man show days. He was a producer. That's when we first fell in love. Then you did you go to Crank Eggers? I and, did. I did. For and two then seasons. and then we did uh, and then we did uh, the Kimmel show together. And now serendipity has brought us together once again here at the NFL. Back together again. And you always were somebody who loved your Bills yes. and your uh, pregame and uh, during game and postgame <laughs> drinking. You always like that. You like, the, the, you know, in uh, no particular order, those things. No, but, you know, uh, it's just something I'm good at. Yeah. And enjoy it. Yeah. And basketball, too. That I'm very good. If you've heard me talk about our three on three games that we used to always play at Corolla's house, Brian Barton is probably the second greatest of all time. This is true. Second greatest to Kevin Hedge. He, yes, I'd say he was. I uh, used to push for you to be called the greatest in, in the blue top history, but I uh, could not shoot like him. Nah, you couldn't. You just, yeah, you didn't. You, you, well, few can really. Um, anyhow, so Brian Barton is here. And like I say, he's a fan of them Buffalo Bills. Spaghetti, what did you make about that whole controversy, that little mini uh, dust up that um, about the Gi- do the Bills count as a New York team? I don't understand the argument against it. I mean, yeah, they're, they're from they're, New York. They're New York team, yeah. But, but did you see that online this weekend that people were debating whether or not the Bills should count as a New York team? They're they're in Buffalo, New York. It's a New York team. Yeah, the Giants and Jets play in Jersey, but they're 10, 15 minutes from this, you know, Manhattan. I get it. I just thought but, that was the one of the more nothing, vapid things I've seen. Nothing about them is New York, except the name. That's it. Everything's in Jersey. Facilities. Playing. Well, one thing's for sure. You got the best team in New York. And even if you are going to count the Jets this and is the Giants, true. the Bills, confidence level right now, we keep evaluating it because it's all that matters. This is not college football. It doesn't matter where you rank them. There is not a top 31 through 32 that matters. All that matters is where you're seated come January and getting one of those six seeds. Are you overflowing with confidence or was that Eagles loss something that uh, revealed I don't know what that uh, has caused concern for you moving forward no I think we're all cautious cautiously optimistic the Eagles game was planted in between the Dolphins and the Redskins so an NFC East loss isn't anything for the future we've got a nice schedule coming up we got Browns Broncos Jets again Dolphins again so I thought we can easily get to 10 I I think 10 is fine. And see, I can tell already in your voice, you're a victim (laughs) of low expectations. This is true. Right? I mean, well, we'll, we should get to 10 and that'll be good. I mean, don't you want to make some hay? It's the process. And since McBean, uh, McDermott and Beaner got there, we had a five-year plan and we're at, you know, stage three, which is get the playoffs. Nice. It'd be nice to win one, but not a big deal. Next year, we win one. And then uh, through free agency in the draft, we get to... uh, be Super Bowl contenders. All right. I wanted to talk with you about this now. Yeah, I listen. And by the way, 
I I don't know as good as Lamar Jackson has been. I continue to say. And by the way, I was on this train one year ago. Eddie Spaghetti, you were here for it. And so I want you to verify this to the people, to the cynics out there. I was on board that at the start of 2018, they should have started Lamar Jackson, not Joe Flacco. There was no business. There was no reason to even bring Flacco in, period. But when he did take over, I consistently said last year he gives them a better chance of winning in 2018. And I said all through the summer and into the season, I think Lamar Jackson is going to thrive. I think the knuckleball offense that they're running is going to succeed for a year. However, I don't think Lamar Jackson and that offense succeed in 2020 and beyond. I just don't buy that that is something that is sustainable long term. And therefore, given the performances of Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and the non-existent Josh Rosen, and with all due respect to the two-time Monday night football winner, uh, Mason Rudolph, (laughs) I think Josh Allen stands a chance. And in fact, I would say the best chance that five years from now, he will wear the banner of best quarterback in that draft. Uh, I agree. He is progressing a lot, uh, I wouldn't say quicker than we thought, but we knew it would take time and it has taken time. But, uh, you know, he's a Buffalo Bills quarterback and no one liked him going into the draft and coming out. So he's under more scrutiny than these other guys. And obviously Lamar Jackson's playing out of his mind. And Josh Allen's right there behind him. I I think... The, it's reverse, almost reverse draft order. And how good these guys are! Think oh. about that's a that's interesting. Yeah, you might literally be able to invert it and, and rank Rosen, it that way. Rosen's a little weird. I'm not counting Rudolph. Obviously, I'm making a <laughs> joke there. But also, I don't think he is an abject bum. And let me say this before we go any further, as we dip into some other stuff. I just want to say as a side note, because at this point, the three and four Pittsburgh Steelers stand as a footnote right now. They're not um, in one of those six seeds right now. But I do want to say. This nonsense. Andy Dalton comes available. People are on social media saying, oh, the Steelers should go get him. They have Mason Rudolph. And by the way, they have Ben Roethlisberger coming back. What are, are do people have short term memory problems or something that they don't understand that Roethlisberger hurt his elbow, but by all accounts is coming back and should be ready to roll at the start of 2020. He's 38. He's not 49 years of age. He's, you know, he's still got a few more years and Minka Fitzpatrick, therefore made sense as uh, as a guy for the Steelers to get. And by the way, there are 10 teams currently ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers in draft position. They were not, they, they did not give up a top five pick that could have been used on a 50-50 coin flip quarterback coming out of the draft instead of a surefire high-end safety in Minka Fitzpatrick. Anyway, that's a side note. And I don't think Mason Rudolph, unless you think that the Jags are out of it because they don't have Nick Foles, and just because Cam Newton hasn't played, if you don't think that the Panthers are out of anything as a result, then you also can't declare that the Steelers season is dead because Mason Rudolph is their quarterback. Anyhow, um, Brian, let's talk. What is, um, what was your, what was, uh, what was your favorite bit that I did on the main? No, Um, let's do you. Do you remember any of my bits? Uh, Fruit of the year. (laughs) I believe the year it was a Macintosh. Let me tell you something. I got news for you. I called for fruit to get better in 2019 (laughs) after two down years. It started collectively. The produce started resting on its laurels. Maybe I made too big a star out of fruit as a, as a, as a collective rule. And they, you know, they took their foot off the gas and I'm looking at everybody. 
yeah, Honeycrisp stayed good enough. And yeah, Watermelon had some sweet uh, months there. But overall, 2017 and 2018 were down years for fruit. And you'll recall, I called out the white peach um, a year ago. And you know what? 2019, the fruit has rallied. I've had some delicious strawberries of late. Honey crisps. I cannot wait to try the cosmic crisp. Red grapes, green grapes have been delicious. It's all speaking it's all of, happening right speaking now. Speaking of grapes, my daughters just turned me on to cotton candy grapes. Have you seen these? I've grapes? had them. They I, are, I, I, it's not a matter of seeing them. It's better to taste them. <laughs> and I've tasted them, and uh, they happen to taste weirdly like cotton candy. It is kind of crazy, but uh, a little too sweet for me, but I do like them. I, you know, where do you come down ethically on it? That it's this manufactured, this man-made element to the fruit. I mean, like, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm, a, you know, this is a controversial statement. I don't mind necessarily the HGH. You know, like if that, you know, when it, when baseball had it all over the place, I wasn't necessarily uh, philosophically against it. In fact, I berated my Pittsburgh Pirates mm. when everybody else was making hay. Sosa, McGuire, Bonds, everybody was tisk-tisking at them. I was asking, I was tisk-tisking at the Pirates. Where are you, where's your commitment to winning? Everybody right. else is doing it. This Where, is true. What are you doing? So I, I'm on the fence about it, but I think I'm okay with, uh, with, with man involving himself in Mother Nature's business. Yes, and it's all how you cultivate it. Stop doing your texting. Well, what are you doing? Are you here, trying this to make a live. trade? This is a live I trade wanna, I want to make a trade. So, Craig, We're in like, the same fantasy easy. league. This is the league that involves um, that involves Simmons and Sal and all the fan hench and everybody right. else. And I was trying to be a wheeler and dealer over the weekend. And I want to say right now, because it's already out there, um, people may have heard it. Um, I, I've not heard the program personally. Um, his show, but uh, Bill Simmons does apparently a podcast of his own. I haven't heard of it. You've not heard it? No. Have you ever listened to it, Spaghetti? No, I don't think so. I don't think I've ever heard of... Uh, I, I, I've heard, I've heard good things. Is it on the internet? Sim, how do you spell Simmons? I'm not, I think it's S-Y. S-Y. So I don't know. Anyway, that's not important right now. I He offered me... Um, he offered me... Uh, Tevin Coleman and Mike Evans, who combined to score 172 <laughs> touchdowns on Sunday in exchange for New Hopkins and the Saints defense. And I said, no. In hindsight, do I feel silly? I do a little bit. But um, I want to work out. I want to make things right right now and work out a trade with you right now. Let's look over. I know it's not interesting to hear about other people's fantasy leagues, but if we can manufacture we a deal, it. if we can do a deal, as everybody else is trying to deal right now, here's something else. Put a pin in this one, Spaghetti. I want to talk about this as soon as Brian and I uh, solve my, my running back situation and I solve his needs because you're in last place. I don't know if that's true. Well, you're suffering is the point. You're going nowhere. Second the bar place. owls of 2019 are going nowhere if, if the cool cats run by Damashek can't help out. Here's what I want, though. I want us to both come out winners here. You see? You're going to have to give up I don't want anyone than... to lose. There's no reason anyone has to lose something here. Now, I want to put a pin in this one, though, Spaghetti. What if, just for fun, I, this is to measure Tom Brady right now in 2019. Let's see how what we think 
team's record or the Patriots records would be if they traded Tom Brady for some other quarterbacks of note. In the meantime, Barrows, you have Aaron Jones. I would like to have Aaron Jones on my team. He's a good running back. I happen to have a, the luxury of a deep roster. You need more than one player. Here's my trade offer to you right now. You ready? I am. Okay, I want you to don't I don't 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 try to be <laughs> zany right now. Don't try to don't try to win the audience over by saying something uh, disparaging to your old pal Dave. Are you ready? Cortland Sutton, emerging superstar for the Denver Broncos. Jordan Howard, power back, just ran through the Bills, but that's over with now. Look ahead. He hurt your team on Sunday, but now he can help your fantasy team going forward. Jordan Howard, and all I'm asking for is Aaron Jones, who's splitting carries with Jamal Williams anyway. It's a good trade. It is not. Spaghetti, what do you think about that trade offer? Way in here. I would not move Aaron Jones for that package. Right. Aaron Jones is like, he's... The he's go- what? What is he? He's Rodgers' go-to guy. Go-to guy. Especially with Devontae Adams. He's Devontae like, Adams is going to come he's back. He's the top and 10 then running what? back for the rest of the season. What do you have, turf toe? Turf toe lingers. He's throwing the ball to Jones as well. I mean, he's... Yeah, they split carries, but he... Jones is the back on pretty much every... You know, the first three downs. Most drives. I mean, you know, Jamal Williams getting plenty of run out there. All right, now, here's how this works, Brian. You make a counter offer. And understand. I want Barkley. Well, I'm not giving you no Saquon Barkley. What are you going to give me for Saquon Barkley? Julio. Julio. Oh, well, now, now, wait a second. What is it, Julio Jones? (laughs) Is that who you mean? You might have to give up. Let's see what your wide receiver is. I mean, I, you know what? I would give you that same package. Now, how about that spaghetti on this going nowhere bum Falcons team with Matt Schaub maybe throwing them the ball? What do you think about that? Now, let's talk about Jordan Howard and Cortland Sutton for Julio Jones. I don't know if I can even make that trade because I, need, <laughs> I wouldn't have a running back then. <laughs> I need Jordan Howard. What do you think of that, though, Spaghetti? Jordan Howard and, and Cortland Sutton, Sutton for Julio Jones? For Julio Jones. I don't know. I don't know if I would give up Julio Jones for that either. I, I, you, you're not PPR? It's not PPR, one. Okay. And two, keep in mind. Miles I have Saquon, and I have New Hopkins, and I have Michael Thomas, and I have Deshaun Watson. It's a good squad. You see? So I have, I have the luxury of high-end talent. Unfortunately, Brian and his partner Powell do not have a depth of uh, a, a much depth of talent there. So they need to spread it around. You have to start nine guys after all, I think. Is that right? Nine guys? Whatever it is. What do you think about that? Yeah, but now Sutton, who's playing quarterback for the Broncos? You know what I'll also do? Because I like you. It's only it's only owed to that. I wouldn't do this for any for everybody, but I'll do it for you. The Bills, they're a nice story. The defense is good, but they're not going to be productive in fantasy terms. I'll give you the Saints defense. <laughs> That's a good trade. I don't need the Saints defense. Uh, why can't Barkley be part of a deal? I mean, he could be, but it would have to be prohibitive. Well, I mean, Aaron, Julio, Aaron Jones is the top 10 back. And, and Julio Jones. What yeah. you're saying to me is you'll give what you're su- suggesting here and now, if I'm hearing you correctly, is Saquon Barkley for Aaron Jones and Julio Jones. Now, that's interesting to me. That that intrigues, you know, because Saquon is the best running back. This is true. He's the best fantasy player, period, to have. 
with the possible exception of the Patriots' defense. Except that, yeah, and I see, you know what, that's, see, that would give you, yeah, Saquon. Yeah, I mean, that's something. What do you think about that offer? What do you think about that deal? Julio and Aaron Jones for Saquon. What do you think about that one, Spaghetti? Who wins that? I don't think I would give those. T- I, that's a two for one that wouldn't help. What if he throws, but you could give me Sutton. Wait a second. I got to give you Sutton now, too? Yes, Brandon Allen's best receiver. Can I have him? You don't know what's going to be up there. He's the only guy who catches passes in Denver. That's a good trade. What about if we did just a tick below Curtis Samuel, who is showing flashes and Cam's on his way back, Curtis Samuel and Saquon for Aaron Jones. I mean, you're talking about a running back by committee. A guy. I mean, Aaron Jones, we're talking about Saquon Barkley, you know. Saquon Barkley we're talking about here. Julio Jones, rudderless. Who knows what happens? Rudderless. That t- the team's going nowhere. They're rudderless. Spaghetti. What do you think yeah, about and great that? Great game script will say there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of garbage time for Julio. I'm I'm a PPR mind, so this is I'm skewed. But like Aaron Jones is having a great season, and Julio Jones is having a great season. So those are hard guys to give up for. Uh, You're not helping me at all here. I'm just being fair. Yeah. Aaron Jones has eight touchdowns. You think that's not a good trade right there? Jones has eight rushing touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns. He's 11 touchdowns. It's 11. I know, eight. but we don't. But, 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 but you don't even know what Saquon's going to be. You can't look at Saquon's numbers because he sat out for six weeks, but now he's fresh. But the Packers are going to be consistent the rest of the way. That's the one thing. They're gonna and the, the Falcons got rid of Sanu, so Julio is going to be the guy, which is why I, which is I get good. why you want to go Calvin for him, Ridley. For sure. No, Calvin Ridley. What do you mean? Sanu was the number three there. Calvin it's Ridley what, is yeah, the exactly. Two but there's there. one less guy to throw to. I'm saying. All right. Schaub found Schaub found Julio a bunch last week. Julio had a great game. Okay, it's the second coming of Schaub. So is that the deal? It's Saquon and Curtis Samuel for Julio <laughs> Jones. And Aaron Jones. I don't think that's a guy legitimately for the Jones brothers. What do you think? I think it's got to be Sutton. It's got to be Sutton. I think so. If I give you Cortland Sutton and Saquon Barkley, you will repay me. And we will both come out winners with Aaron I do Jones. Have Jamal, I do have Jamal Williams. Oh, so I would also then get Jamal Williams? Well, we'd have to see what you got. Then I'll give you Adrian Peterson. Just to be just to be nice, so we both wind <laughs> up with we, we both wind up with the same number on our rosters. Right. That's a good trade. It's not a bad trade. All right, I want you to take that back. I will. Go ahead. By the end of this show, you have to text me and let me know what you think. Brian, we have to talk about uh, real football. I'd like you to sit around no, if you want no. to. You're welcome to stay. I, I How's the show going so far? How's the uh, you're working on uh, game day morning? By the way, on NFL Network, it's going great. The guys are. In London this week, calling the game. Oh, they are. Four men in a booth. Uh, they did it week six. Uh, the Panthers-Bucks game was just great. The that guy- means early early day drinking for Brian at his desk with no with, with the bosses away. Yeah. The Barton shall play, right? Well, I get to watch the Bills from the kickoff. Usually our show goes off nice. the air at 10, so I have to race up the 405 to my... Um, of all the guys that are out there on the panel... Every Sunday, we everybody knows who they are. It's Eisen and it's Irvin and it's Kurt Warner. Yes. And it's Mooch. I got everybody. Yes. Who's your favorite? Who's the nicest guy? Uh, well, I work very closely with Kurt. He's my guy. So Kurt's your favorite by Kurt's far. Number one by far. Who's your least favorite? Definitely Mooch. 
Mooch is your least favorite. Yeah, he's just, so it's he's, weird because you don't unlikable. hear that. I'm glad that I'm glad the truth well, people, is finally coming out. This well, you, this this thing. Oh, Mooch is the nicest yeah, guy nope. in the in in Mm-mm. sports media. Get behind the curtain. Barton's you here see, to say otherwise. Barton's see, here to say no. You should yeah. see how he treats people. Really? Oh, it's dirty. It's nasty. It's not good. Yeah, I've I've heard he throws cold <laughs> cuts at people. Yeah. Eats most of them, but throws, throws, <laughs> throws them. All right. Okay. I, I'm worried that uh, Kamish Goodell or somebody, because he listens to this all the time. I'm, I think he, I don't know if he'll get it, and so oh. I don't want you getting any hot water here. Oh. So so you let me know about that trade. I like that trade. What do you think about that? See, that's fun. <laughs> that's why you do the fantasy football, because it's a fun trade. My team's riding high. Do you, we agree at least that there are two first-place teams in our league right now? The cool cats, literally two Ks. They're uh, the cool cats are America's team. No one wants to see Simmons win, right? You don't want to see that. I think he's doing all right. Otherwise, he doesn't need this. No, I don't know what you're saying about me because (laughs) by the transit (laughs) property, you're you're doing okay, Dave. Okay is exactly right. C (laughs) minus. All right, you go, Brian Barton. I thought that was fun. Thanks for stopping in. Yeah, this we'll we'll we'll, uh, keep it with you, but you know. We could, if we, what is your best format? If there was beer in this cup. Then we would have been rolling. <laughs> we would have had fun. After hours. Yes. Got to make that one well, What happen, kind of producer spaghetti? is he? Not to put whiskey in there. Yeah. You're right. See? Know your, know I your, know. Uh, they, they don't, know your talent. They unplugged the fridge. So I got nothing left. <laughs> Look, he's right, already talent now. All right. Let's, this, let's this solidify that. Yes. Um, let's uh, let's put pen to paper and uh, and make that thing so. We'll sign all the cross the t's dot the i's, and now Spaghetti and I will uh, will press forward here. Thanks for stopping in, Brian. Hey, it was great to be with you. Hey, good luck, and uh, you know, there's a cons- but if, what if we get uh, busted good, for a conspiracy here? Congrats on there's no conspiracy. This is all out in the, in light of day, right? I mean, there's nothing you could say about this. This is a you, you don't need a transcript of this. Got a recording right here to listen to for verification of any uh, any questions that may have arisen there. Um, so, Spaghetti, thanks, uh, Brian. There he goes out the door. To to my little exercise here, what about Tom Brady? Tom Brady is, uh, is still in the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, but just as a for instance, Andy Dalton, were he the quarterback for the last decade of the New England Patriots, would they have won any Super Bowls? They were eight and zero one year, right? To start in twenty fifteen, I think to start the Bengals. So I think if the, uh, I think he's a guy that if you have a good O line and weapons and uh, and your defense has to be you know not what like the Chiefs defense is. I think he could be a passenger. Yeah, sure. He was league average at one point. He was like number he was like number sixteen out of thirty two at one point. I know that most team and we keep talking about that it's about defense this year. It's about controlling the line of scrimmage as always come January. It's about getting to the QB with the pass rush and being able to run the ball in 2019. That is clearly these are the two key elements more so than who your quarterback is. Look at the teams that are succeeding um, this year. Andy Dalton. I mean, it does feel to me. Do you think they could drop Jared Stidham in there and win? Do you th- I mean, they went. They just got Cody Kessler. I mean, the the Patriots. Andy Dalton. Does that would that make sense? I, I would not. I would not think the sky is falling if I were a Patriots guy. Dalton, right now, I don't know, but I think. I mean, there are other guys that are in the league who are closer to the middle. I think they definitely could win it with someone other. I mean, Tom Brady right now wasn't the Tom Brady of the 07 years. So, I mean, yeah, I think I don't think your quarterback has to be. Look, I mean, your point is what? It's a coach's league. That's what you've been saying this whole, I feel like 2019, you're, you're a model right. of that. 
Matt Moore stepped in an Andy Reid coach team and he looked, you know, great. Uh, Kyle Allen stepped in for Cam Newton and looked great. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater stepped in for Drew Brees looked great. There's so many guys, the backups that just step into a really good situation and they could perform. So I think, yeah, the Patriots right now were probably the best situation, maybe outside of Green Bay or New Orleans in the whole NFL. I would, um, whereas uh, speaking of some backup QBs and, and this and that, and I mentioned Gardner Minshew, I would definitely not I, one thing that is hooey and applesauce and I don't want to be all over the place Kyle Allen has been a fine replacement the idea that you have a hall of famer in my book in Cam Newton and that you would consider trading him away is loco in my book given his age it's not he's not 38 and I did say a couple of weeks ago if Mason Rudolph, and it's a major if, it's a hypothetical, but if Mason Rudolph were to win eight games and the Steelers went to the playoffs, a $30 million contract for 38-year-old Ben Roethlisberger coming off the surgery, I think that the Steelers would probably see what's out there. But Cam Newton's a 30-year-old guy, and I know he has a big deal upcoming here, but he, in the NFL, gives you a chance to win games when you have nothing else around witness the 2015 season. And now with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, it's, it's sort of sad and frustrating shortly for one and for the Panthers um, too, that they have that, that this offense should be a dominant offense. It's fine with Kyle Allen, but think about that offense with those pieces that you would have surrounding one this year. I think they could really make some hay. So I definitely wouldn't be trading him. However, it's sitting right there in front of you. Why aren't the Bears going and getting Nick Foles? Doesn't it seem like that that's uh, that 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 would make them, given their placement right now, that that and going forward, that getting Nick Foles is the solution there? Yeah, they need to get any guy that's like a win now mode. They can't afford to get a young quarterback and develop him because that team is right. Like the defense is ready to go. I think last I saw they were ranked like 10 so they're still upper echelon of the NFL uh Allen Robinson's a great receiver they have really not used Trey Burton much this year they have two good running backs they have to get a guy like Foles or someone of that kind of area in the league where they could just plug him in and he could just be good he could be decent enough to get you through there like what an Alex Smith was years ago for the Chiefs something like that well I mean at this point the the two Big names are Lincoln Riley and Matt Rule. Mm. You keep hearing those guys. Well, they're going to land somewhere in the NFL. And I do think that the Josh Rowe, first of all, we've seen a lot of this. Oh, a coach one year. It was it was it was something that would never happen or or happen um, more rarely, at least than it happens now that a coach would get a one and done kind of situation. But now Matt Nagy, I know they went to the playoffs and the the ball hit the hit two of the uprights and everything in that playoff game. But right now, I, I think it's completely conceivable that Matt Nagy could get blown out here and um, up in Chicago. And I think that could happen elsewhere. And also, I think the Josh Rosen trade um, from Arizona also makes you think if you're looking around the league and the copycat league and everything else, the Cardinals that, well, I mean, you can't, they, they had Josh Rosen. They used the 10th on him. They can't very well hire a different coach and that, you know, they're, they're not going to blow out bowls after, after that short, uh, an opportunity and they're not going to get rid of Rosen and what are they going to do? And now Arizona is in a better situation than some teams, at least, I think you're going to see teams starting to do that. The idea that, well, we already have a guy on a rookie deal in Mitch Trubisky. We're kind of pot committed there for the next couple of years, I think is no longer the case. I think that so Nagy would do well 
to insist upon getting Nick Foles. It, it, he didn't draft Trubisky, first of all. Nagy took over with Trubisky. Right. So I, I think you could make a compelling case if you're him. You guys got to help me out here. I need Nick Foles. I, I, I can't make it work with Trubisky here. No one else is going to be able to either. And so in the name of saving his job, I think that that wouldn't be, uh, I think that would be a reasonable trade to make here at the trade deadline. Without a doubt. I think Nagy keeps his job. And I think Pace, unfortunately, he's always going to be associated with the Trubisky, trading up for Trubisky, but he's built a pretty good team outside of Trubisky. Um, I think that they're definitely, uh, he won't, Mitch won't be the starter. Like if he plays the way he's playing for a couple more weeks, he's, he's, his tenure is done in Chicago without a doubt. So I agree. Foles, if there's anyone else besides, I mean, who else is like theoretically out there? I mean, would Teddy leave New Orleans at this point? No. Would they, would the Chargers move Tyrod Taylor? Probably not. Like the, any guy that's like proven that he could win enough games, but I guess Foles, I mean, obviously with the Super Bowl is, Probably the most proven guy of that group. Tyrod Taylor's an interesting. I mean, he was a playoff quarterback out there. Yeah. He's not going to take over for the Chargers in 2020 if no. Phil Rivers were to move to Tennessee or whatever. That wouldn't be a suitable replacement, I don't think. Although Tyrod Taylor um, obviously has had some success. He was in the playoffs. Sure. Was that only was that two years? I guess that was three years ago at this point. But as you can see, I do keep saying a lot of QB movement upcoming. Andy Dalton's days in Cincier. Um, essentially now finished. And I think he's a viable starter. I think he's better than some of the, at least two or three of the starters out there in the league right now. Joe Flacco's going to move. That's obvious. I don't know if he has anything left in the tank. Um, What's funny quick about Dalton is that he's like fourth in the league in passing yards. It's like, I mean, they benched him, but it's, I don't think it's, just the battle line, no AJ Green. It's just you know, he's in a bad situation. Um, Spaghetti, do you know off the top of your head? I'm just uh, trying to go through your outline here a little bit uh, that you laid out. Some midseason playoff predictions. That's right. Everybody does their midseason awards. Like here's my eight games in MVP. That doesn't matter. That's rearview mirror stuff. Who's going to be the star come New Year's Eve? Let's try and evaluate that a little bit right now. The Patriots are almost certainly a lock at this point in the AFC with that Chiefs loss. No one from the South is going to get it. And unless I'm being overly cynical, I just don't see the Ravens beating them, beating New England this weekend. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I don't see that one happening. And even if it does happen, I still think the Patriots would. Now, I keep pointing to the five games that they have upcoming the Patriots, and it's conceivable that they would lose a couple of those or even three of those. But I still think positioned as they are, I think that they are a number one seed. Almost certainly they're going to be finished 13. And at this point, it's hard for me to conceive of them being anything absolutely worse than 13 and three. Correct. It's a, it's a near impossibility. Who's going to, who's going to, who's going to vanquish them four times over the, uh, over the second half of the slate. No, you're, you're you're probably right. Although I do weirdly like the Ravens chances. I'm still pretty high on Lamar Jackson, but yeah, about three losses. Ravens would have, Ravens would have to beat the Patriots though. They'd have to beat the Cowboys. Right. I mean, what, what, what's that? So they're going to get the number one seed, the Patriots are, I hear you, but they still have to play the Browns again, who already whipped them. They have to play them in Cleveland. They have to play Pittsburgh. Those are usually 50, 50 type games. Um, I'm trying to, the Ravens do still have um, another, at least besides the Patriots. Anyway, uh, given that with with the two losses that they already have, anyway, I don't want to belabor. Patriots are going to be the number one seed on that side. Um, We talked about it a week ago on the NFC side. 
it, it it's fine that halfway through the season that the 49ers are undefeated and that some might perceive them to not be the number one team in the conference. It was weird a week ago, though, that I think a lot of people would have put the Saints and would have put um, uh, the Saints ahead of them, Green Bay ahead of them. Yeah, I think some people would consider the Vikings at least ahead of them, Philly and or Dallas. Now I think it's pretty close. I still, though, think that the Saints are considered to be the best team. The Niners still have to play Seattle and they have to play the Rams and I'm trying to think what the Niners have left here. But um, I think the, uh, who do you think winds up with the number one there? Spaghetti in the NFC. Uh, I want to go with the Packers. I think the Packers are pretty, uh, I mean, their defense early on in the year looked great and it's kind of fall off a bit, but now the offense has picked up the slack of Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Now seems like he took over the MVP lead over McCaffrey or Russell Wilson. Oh, you think so? Eh? I think so. Um, Aaron, like we talked before Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams with that, that committee is as good as any committee or, or, you know, uh, the green Bay running back is as good as any running back in the NFL right now. what do you think of that trade by the way? Um, what do you think it came down? It's a pretty even trade. I could see it going one you know, I could see I, I could see either it's a pretty fifty fifty, to be honest. I'm not even sure why you made it. But um why? Because I don't know because I, I don't know how much it improves either team. Hmm. But I mean um yeah, I just like the. I think the, uh, they're they're rolling right now. Everyone was worried about the Matt Lafleur Rogers relationship, and people forgot about that really, really quickly. Um, I believe their only loss was what to the Eagles Week One. The Forty Nine ers shocked me that they beat the the Panthers the way they did. I thought the Panthers would come in, score a lot of points on them somehow, and they wouldn't be able to catch up. But I mean, that defense is they're going to win. I mean, Nick Bosa. I, I know I put it in the rundown. I think he's like the best addition out of any teams made in the entire offseason could be a free oh not just even draft no, not just draft like free agent whatever. like he's like he he that team the defense line was good last year with buckner and all those guys they were a good front seven last year but he's i mean he has seven sacks he had the, the interception i like, think that's right insane. i think that's right and it's not fair to split it uh between the uh the smith boys up in green bay but those would be i don't even know uh which way to lean on that but that's been everything for the uh for the packers and that's why they're dangerous with well, that secondary if healthy mm-hmm. plus their b- ability to pass rush they're going to be dangerous come january i don't know though that they end up with the number one seed here's what san francisco has left at arizona they have the seahawks after that and it's funny that everybody sort of you talk about like narratives and what people uh, react to. Nobody thought the Niners were going to be good. Save your old pal, Dave, who told you that they would win the division coming into the year. But it's funny that they destroyed the Browns. They mm-hmm. they humiliated them um, on Monday Night Football. So, well, there's a big one for the Browns. That's a big game for the Browns are going to get right. And then they get annihilated. And somehow the Niners come out of that game without uh, universal praise. Okay, let's see how they do against the the bully of the division against the Rams. They have to go down to L.A. Let's see how real these Niners are. The Niners completely shut down Jared Goff in that one. They, they handle the Rams in Los Angeles. That's an impressive win. Then it pours rain in our nation's capital, and they survive that one 9-0. By the way, it's a shutout against a pro football team. They shut out, the, but 9 nothing. Well, that wasn't impressive. See, the Niners aren't that good, everybody said. And then... 
Carolina pays him a visit and they destroy one of the feel good stories, Kyle Allen and the Carolina Panthers so far. So what more does this Niners team need to do before anybody buys it? They go at Arizona. They play Seattle twice, including one up in Seattle. And just uh, to finish the season in the week before that, they host the Rams. That may be what it comes down to. And then here's a real tough patch for the Niners in the middle is they go Green Bay at the Ravens at the Saints. So I don't think that that team, given the second half of the game, I mean, obviously they're not going to, let's say they lose three of those games. The Packers only have the one loss, really should be two because of the Detroit one. They go, the Packers go at the Chargers, then um, at the Niners, at the Giants. I mean, they have an easier, they have an easier road. Yeah, they go at the Vikings is their toughest looming game, I would say. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think the the Packers wind up with the number one seed. The Niners get the two, but there's time still for the Seahawks, at least, to steal the division. My big takeaway in terms of playoff seedings is I stand by what I said in the preseason. The Niners, I mean, the uh, Rams, the defending NFC champs, are not going to make the playoffs. They, they There is, it's not necessarily a huge knock on them, and I don't even think the Vikings are going to be the team that gets the second wild card. I think that um, Seattle will Seattle, get yeah. one. I was going to say, it's, the, it's a race between Seattle, the Vikings, the Rams, and maybe, I mean, if you buy into one of the NFC East teams. That's it. That's oh, yeah. exactly right. I, I think they're going to fall away. I think the Vikings have a two-win lead, and the Rams and oh, the Rams have a one-win lead, and the Seahawks have a two-win lead. The Rams are in a tough spot. I think we, I think the Seahawks and the, the Vikings won't. I think they're. they're I think the Vikings. Solid. Yes, I thought that's exactly right. I think the Vikings were, are going to go away. Um, I mean, they're they're a good competitive team, but I think uh, the number crunch um, for them is is going to get them. I'm looking for Philly real quick here. And then I want to go through them and tell you why I think that they're going to come on the offensive line. The weird struggles are bizarre because uh, of how talented it is. Injuries aside, they go now. That was the big one for them. I said the big one that they had to get was at Buffalo. So they did. Now they're four and four whole second half of the season hosting Chicago this weekend. They should win that. The loss will be hosting the Patriots, but I don't think that's even a gimme for the Patriots to come in following the uh, the Ravens game. Well, I guess they'll be coming off the bye, will the Patriots. They host the Seahawks. They, play, they host the Cowboys. I think Philly has maybe two losses left the rest of the way here. So they should go six and two, which makes them 10 and six. And I think that'll be enough for them to... Uh, to get the division, the one, I mean, to get the wild card, the bugaboo though, for them is that the Vikings beat them head to head. Mm -hmm. And so that could, uh, that could loom large on the other side of that though. The Vikings go at the chiefs. They go at the Cowboys at the Seahawks, at the Chargers, who I suspect are going to make their perennial second half push here. They they host the Packers, and uh, I mean, or they, uh, yeah, they host the Packers in the second to last game of the season. I think that combines to, I'm going to say one, two, three. I think they're going to, I mean, they're going to be right there at about 10 and six, but maybe nine and seven if they can't keep this going. And I know everybody's on board with Kirk Cousins, but I still don't necessarily like that as much as I like Carson Wentz and the Seahawks. I mean, then the Eagles getting over the hump with that big win against a really good 
uh, Bills team. That was an impressive victory on Sunday yeah. for them. I, I just don't. I think being four and four just hurts them because you have a six and two team in second place. You have a six and two team in second place. You have a five and three Rams team in third place. And then if you want to maybe throw the Panthers in there, Panthers are four and three, so like they're kind of in the mix too. I mean, the Eagles certainly still could win the division, but I I think Dallas is the better team in the NFC East. I I, I still think the Vikings will get one of the wild cards, and I think that the NFC West will have another. I'm not certain i don't know why i'm a 49ers hater this year but i'm not certain the 49ers win the division i think it's one of them or seattle it's but those the two left will... i mean obviously if seattle sweeps sure. it then they're a wild card the yeah. niners are sure um i would say so okay so i think that your number one seed is the patriots your two seed I think is still going to end up being KC. I think the Ravens are going to fall back. They'll get the three seed. And then the, I think the Colts will hold on and win that division. Why? Because Watt is out or I don't, I, I, I think it's funny if you watch Monday night football that uh, Booger McFarlane consistently said, well, it doesn't matter. They got Deshaun Watson. I think it does matter that they don't have one of the great defensive players of the 21st century Certainly. and still their best defensive player for the Texans to remove him from the equation. Well, Deshaun Watson will just uh, carry the day at the time of this recording. They haven't acquired Melvin Gordon or I don't know, Levy and Bell or something like that. But if the Texans did that, that would swing things. Or if they could get Derek Wolf away from Denver or something like that. But as constituted, their defense was already not especially good. You take away its best player. I think they're uh, they're in some trouble. And in fact, I think the Colts will wind up with the three seed. And then, yeah, no, I get, no, no, no. They're head to head. The Titans are pretty good. I think that's the team to watch out for is the Titans. They are very quietly a pretty um, good team, even though they could have uh, just as easily lost to the Buccaneers and, in fact, should have on another blown call um, by the officials there, an early whistle. Um, among uh, MVP, oh, that's, oh, wait, I didn't do the whole thing. So AFC, yeah, you to round it out. Yeah, you need the two wild cards. So what, is it going to be Buffalo? Buffalo is is almost certain. Yeah. Houston, I think, is going to fall back. Huh. And if I, well, if I had to say, I, I think that's the point of doing the show is that I have to say one way or the other what I think. I'm going to go with the team I just mentioned to you, the Tennessee Titans. I think that they get the sixth seed. With Ryan Tannehill? That's right. Wow, I just said it. There's a, there's a bold prediction there. The Texans, I listen, they just lost J.J. Watt. I'm, I am fluid enough that I can update my preseason predictions if there is a massive loss um, injury-wise. And so I have to take the Texans off the board, much as it pains me to say so. Um, the, AFC, the NFC side, I think you're right. The Packers get the one seed. I think the Niners will hold on and get the two seed. I think Seattle will get the the top wild card they will be your five seed the three seed will be the eagles and then i I think they're going to rally to win the division and i think although the cowboys second half slate is is what happens if the dallas in the next 45 minutes makes a trade for uh jamal Jamal adams Adams, then they bump up even high then they take the division yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll revert to that but remember the second half of the season is when Zeke is going to start to shine same thing goes in Nashville for Derrick Henry mm-hmm. he emerges in the second halves of NFL seasons and we're just now at the midway point and Ryan Tannehill is 
a better option than Marcus Mariota. It's almost weird that Mariota, like what, what Ryan Tannehill's going to do it. He's the same pedigree as Mariota, essentially. I mean, he was a first round pick. I know that. The, and, and he was not an atrocity in Miami. Things got sideways in Miami. And Adam Gase has proven himself not to be a great NFL head coach when Peyton Manning is in his quarterback. So I, I buy Ryan Tannehill as a viable starter, um, a guy who can win some games in the NFL. So let's see then. The other team, the wait, I'm sorry, scratch that. Packers one, Saints two, Niners three, Eagles four, Cowboys five, and Cowboys five. Would be either Seattle, Minnesota, or Rams. Oh, in Seattle. Seattle. Seattle so Seattle's right. a six. That's it. Seattle's, that, that's how it'll lay out for you. So there two you NFC East teams. So the NFC East has a late push. So we're assuming, let's say, do you think the Eagles make a move? Maybe like Chris Harris, get another cornerback? It would be wise of them to do so. Yeah. And uh, they yeah. need help. I think they need help to make a push. I think they're in it, but I think they, they're, their secondary is weak. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know I, if I they have th- what it would take to get him, though, to get Jamal Adams. <clears throat> I don't know if they, uh, they have enough value to give back to the Jets there. Um, but the Jets, by all accounts, including from Daniel Jeremiah, um, say that they're they're trying to load up on picks so that they can use the second through fourth rounds to just load up on um, offensive linemen to try and fix that mess. Um, oh, but speak of guys that are going to be one and done, Adam Gase. I, I, I can't imagine that the Jets would bring him back for a, uh, another year, given how awful the PR is beyond everything, but beyond the performance, the way things have been handled there. I would expect that Adam Gase is going to be shown the door yeah, before, I, I agree. by the end of the season, if not before. Um, MVP, throw me some names. Let's decide on our MVP. Rookie of the year. Uh, defensively has to be Nick Bosa. Totally. Defensive player of the year. This is starting to get some buzz now for Nick Bosa. And by the way, it's sustainable because of the overall dominance and so uh, of the, of the Niners pass rush of their front four, you cannot, you can start double teaming Nick Bosa all you want, but then the other guys are going to wreck. And so Nick Bosa is manhandling grown men out there every week, it seems. He really is trucking some guys out there. So he might pull the upset and get past Aaron Donald, one of the great defensive players in NFL history. The um, offensive rookie of the year? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Daniel Jones, I'll throw, I'll throw that out there. I think he had a really good game. Uh, the other day, I mean, he if, did. He, if he, uh, they have the Dolphins, they have the Redskins again, uh, they have the Jets, so he's a couple games where he could, you know, throw three, four touchdowns, um, and uh, light it up. I, I think that award pretty much goes to if you have a quarterback who plays somewhat decent, I think he he can get it. I mean, Kyler Murray will be in the mix, but um, the NFC West is a lot tougher than the Giants' uh, remaining schedule. Uh, especially even with the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles defense is that great, uh, especially their cornerback. So I think he could have a decent game versus them. Um, uh, you know, maybe, I mean, there could be a late season push if the, like a dark horse like Miles Sanders or Jordan Montgomery, if Mike may come alive, if the Bears want to start using him. I think Miles Sanders finally had a pretty good game versus the Bills. I know in the passing game, I know he had a couple, uh, only like three runs, but for a bunch of yards. So, I mean, he's another name I think that uh, could be in the mix. I'll tell you this. I think so. 
Yeah. Hollywood Brown, too, if he comes back healthy. He was really I, I, early on. And TJ Hawkinson has not been consistent. Um, yeah, you might be onto something with dimes. Am I, or, you know what? Wait a second. Kyle is probably ahead of him, but uh, but I, I think that just the divisional opponents will. Well, Minshew's got to be ahead of dimes, though, ultimately. Stat-wise, no. I don't think so. Yeah, but people vibe to teams that win. And if they wind up 8-8 eight and eight or better and your guys wind up 4-12 and 12 or whatever, I don't think uh, – I think that will win the day for Minshew. Plus, the mustache and everything else has gotten a lot of attention. Um, I think right now people would say – but it's funny how quickly people forget. Lamar Jackson, when they went into their bye, was everybody's MVP after he vanquished Russell Wilson. And now, because they took a week off, people have left him now out of the MVP conversation, it seems. I think that's right that he should be in it. I just don't think he is going to sustain that level. I think Russell Wilson is in a better position, although Justin Britt now, um, the, a, a bad offensive line or, or, or the pieces of it are not necessarily high end. So let's see if he can overcome that. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is rightly in the conversation. If I'm wrong and Deshaun Watson can overcome the absence of J.J. Watt, I think he definitely deserves consideration, especially with New Hopkins not being – he's not New Hopkins dependent this year um, in terms of targets and everything. The guy who I would love to hear some buzz for, and I don't know if it's necessarily warranted just yet, but the Colts were about to lose – to the Broncos at home. Did you see the play with maybe, I was going to say, I don't want to do the same thing that uh, um, analysts do. When Whatever game analysts are watching, whatever game they're doing at the time, is like, this guy's in the conversation for MVP. That guy's in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Whoever they're looking at is in the conversation for these things. I don't want to fall into that. But I, I almost said Von Miller best pass rusher of the 21st century. He's at least in that conversation. Sure. I, I think everybody would agree on that. Von Miller had him and was about the safety Jacoby Brissett. And he ran away from it and then running hard to his right flung it. Not, I mean, he didn't just complete a pass. He completed a deep ball to salvage the drive yep. and ultimately win the game. Jacoby Brissett, given the circumstances of Andrew Luck walking out the door. And I know the offensive line is the is is one of the very best in the conference. I know the defense is one of the very best in the conference and so on. But TY Hilton is a is very good, but he is not a dependable I'm going to target this guy. He's not Michael Thomas. I'm going to target him 12 or 15 times a game. He is, you know, take a top, take the top off kind of a guy. I know he's more than just that. I'm not uh, marginalizing him as two-dimensional, but that's the best pass catcher he has. That's who he's throwing the ball to. I know he has uh, some some nice runners behind him, but how about Jacoby Brissett for MVP? If he wins the division this year, he deserves some buzz there, especially if I'm right that Lamar Jackson falls off and Deshaun Watson doesn't get to the playoffs. I think that, you know, and, and, and it, it's then about Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, brand name guys versus Jacoby Brissett. And just in the name of, um, just in the spirit of, what this season has been with backup QBs. That's what Jacoby Brissett is. I'm going to throw him out because yeah. I want, I want him to get some buzz. At least he won't, he probably won't get it, but if they win that division, I think Jacoby Brissett deserves, deserves some votes. I wish there was like a different name to war because like he'll just be compared to, to Rogers or, or Russell Wilson. His numbers won't, won't hold up and then, or, or even like McCaffrey. Um, but you know, I wish there was more of like a, not like a, I don't know, Brissett's 14, he's 14, uh, 
touchdowns, three picks so far this year. Russell Wilson, 17 and one. Rodgers is 16 and two. Both have better passer ratings. Both are throwing for more yards right now than Jacoby Brissett by uh, by a, a, a pretty sizable chunk there. But I, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying in the in the spirit of the story. Sure. Circumstantially, he yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, especially, you know, no one expected much of them once luck retired. Uh, and that's kind of like the, the, the problem with the awards, though, is like they're just going to go to the usually the quarterback on a good team with the best stats. And, that's, and then the same thing for the Heisman. Like the Heisman winner this year should be Chase Young and Ohio State, not to switch gears here. But it's just these awards have gotten this like weird uh, attachment that it's like you could it's could be a running back if the running back is overly great or it's a quarterback with good stats on a winning team. And I think it's going to come down to Rodgers or Russell Wilson. And uh, let's let's round out our New Year's Eve predictions here. Coach of the year. No, we went off to do position groups. I mean, we don't have to do the uh, positional coaches, but or the assistant coach award, which is a real award. People, whatever it is, five years in still aren't aware that it exists, but it, it does. Um, who's your coach of the year? It's then? easy. You're just literally just talking about it. it's Frank Reich. That's right. Yeah, that's he's, exactly he's right. Answer. I think you uh, you have gotten that uh, correct there. Although Kyle Shanahan has benefited i you know i think he's had a pretty strong hand in what john lynch has done and it's interesting that john lynch obviously the uh, defensive great focused in on building that defense in multiple drafts and by the way nobody ever mentions at this point reuben foster but imagine and i know things wouldn't have broken the same if reuben foster had been there the whole time but just imagine if you could plug in a clean sheeted reuben foster into that dominant defense it'd be even better but okay well that's uh, that's uh um neither here nor there but quietly as and we talked about this through the offseason spaghetti Sean McVay got to get anybody who knows Sean McVay and everybody was ignoring Kyle Allen. And that's why I said he shall rise like a Phoenix, Kyle Shanahan. He's going to have the offense pretty close to where he wants it. And Tevin Coleman looking dynamite. And well, wait, wait, wait. I, I Let's see. Let's see. Wait a second here. I'm getting a trade. Here we go. Trade offer coming in from Hench. Um, I, I don't think oh, nobody wanted they don't want to trade. I tried to get Zeke Elliott from Hench. It's not going to happen. Oh, sorry. Update for everybody. <laughs> I thought an actual trade was coming through. I think uh, I think. Oh, what do you mean? My fantasy league doesn't uh, tickle your. No, it's, it's, it's interesting. I know it's talked about on many podcasts, but I think if like, you know, Le'Veon Bell or Jamal Adams or, you know, some Bond Miller were traded. OK, so let's decide. You could go. You could look. At the AFC East, Belichick could get consideration. He should, but it's like the problem with him is like everyone expects it. I think Reich is in a position where no one expected it once Andrew Luck retired. By the way, Andrew Luck retiring is probably it, it should have still been the biggest news of the whole NFL season. No one talks about it really anymore. It's like it's just so weird how the new cycle works. But I, I think that's why Frank Reich because the, the team hasn't really skipped a beat. They were built well. Um, you, you could you know say it's like it's they're actually similar to like the Four Niners. The GM and the coach both are equally um, you know deserve the credit uh, for building the team and coaching the team through uh, you know their issues and they deserve. Uh, you know, either one of them I'd be fine with Shanahan or or Reich. I'm trying to think if there's a surprise team. The, the one, the team, Bills. The the yeah yeah McDermott could can be in consideration. I think I, yeah yeah, but I I I'm with you, man. I that that team, the Colts were a Super Bowl contender. A lot of people were picking them with Andrew Luck, but then when 
the the way that they handled it too. He didn't want to play, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, we support it." I thought that that was a little Pollyanna on their part, but um, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Like uh, Orbach at the end of Dirty Dancing, uh, they obviously knew some Ballard and Reich didn't seem to bat right. an eye at that, and uh, the team hit the ground running. Um, I, Freddie I, Kitchens is not the coach of the year. No, he's not. I'll throw in another uh, dark horse name, and I think this is going to be a second half team that surprises some people. There, I th- I think the Raiders can go on a, sh- uh, a run and be actually competitive. I love it. I there, Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, he's had a remarkable career turnaround. They're gonna if they get Tyrell Williams back and healthy. Like as a deep threat for Derek Carr, Derek's looked really good this year. I'm not just saying that because David comes on the show all the time and he's a great guy. Like Derek actually looks like he should be. He there's no reason why he should not be the quarterback for the Vegas Raiders. Like I think at this point, you get rid of him, you're only going to hurt yourself and just have two more years of losing. Wonder and, if he's the comeback player of the year. He's been he's been so good. Josh Jacobs is great. Clean Furl had a pretty good game uh, versus the Texans. Like it's uh, and that's his draft. Uh, yeah. With all respect sure. to Mayock, it's more Gruden than Mayock by most accounts. There, um, I also think. Think he's not going to win it either, but Sean Payton deserves a shout out mm-hmm. for for thriving while the Hall of Famer Breeze was sitting down there. Um, Shanahan, like I say, deserves um, uh, deserves a shout. Um, and I think that yeah, you know, Gruden's a, a fun pick, that's for sure. I'll st- yeah, I think I'll go Reich, but again. I think the Jags are looming. They're they're lurking, playing all right. I think the Titans will get past them. <clears throat> and I think another one, John Harbaugh deserves uh-huh. credit for at least committing to what he had. You know, when yeah. Ozzie took Lamar Jackson with his last first round pick as the GM and sort of committed them to a style of ball that John Harbaugh could have rejected or, you know, tepidly embraced. And instead of the success uh, in the second half of 2018, he could have tried to stick with that. Instead, Greg Roman, they went all in. And by the way, Greg Roman, if this sustains, he'll be your um, your assistant coach of the year, I bet, for really developing uh, what the Ravens are doing there. Anyway, all right, Spaghetti. Is that good? Is that Was that good? Uh, was that enough show for you? I think we got almost coming up in an hour. Oh, an my hour. God. Yeah. What? Yeah. An hour? Yeah. So hopefully we end this and then uh, there's still about a half hour to pull back the curtain, about a half hour left before the deadline. So hopefully no uh, massive trades come through. Although just to to uh, cover our bases, what I've been reading during the show is that it looks like Le'Veon Bell or uh, Jamal Adams will not be traded according to various uh, insiders. So. Hopefully we're we're saved here. It's funny. I'm also hearing that they're doing um, that. Uh, the Bills are looking at Melvin Gordon. I would expect them to try to move him. I well, that also helps my Raiders point of my surprise team second half. I think like, in the division, the, they have the Broncos, they have the Chargers, they have the Jets, they have the Bengals. A bunch. They have uh, Lions Chargers, next week. Chargers don't 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 fall into that trap. The Chargers always make a second half push. They right. they will again this year. Okay. Um. All right. Good stuff. Spaghetti. Good stuff. Brian Barton will be back tomorrow. And by the way, I didn't mention it at the, the top. Sorry, the fires in. Oh yeah. Southern California made it so I couldn't get down the freeway um, to, to get in here on Monday. So now you have this. 
I guess, essentially week eight and uh, and trade deadline review. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday, with our pals Matt Money-Smith and handsome Hank Hodgson and Eddie Spaghetti, of course, to give you the week nine red challenge flag picks. You know, it's Halloween. Maybe we should also try to do like our top three candies or something like that. That's fine. We I don't know. That. Everybody does. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. Well, and if there are any big name trades, uh, we'll, we'll cover those for you tomorrow. Until then, for Eddie Spaghetti and Barton and, uh, of course, our pals over at Zaxby's. Thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.